Welcome to the podcast at the Hill. You're about to hear a message from Pastor John Vella entitled "Focus on the Now." If you have your Bibles tonight, please turn to James chapter four, verses thirteen through seventeen. James four thirteen through seventeen. While you're turning, can we just rejoice for nine baptisms this morning? That is awesome. Nine baptisms. I won't keep you too long. I know there is chili and cake back there. What a better combination than chili and cake. (laughs) Chili and cake. The title of the message is Focus on the Now. Now, I'll be honest with you. um, I've had this message prepared for a little while, but I just came up with the title in the last, like, couple hours. I'm not even going to lie to you. I struggle with the title, and you're like, what's the big deal? A title is a title. A title is what catches people, if you didn't know that. A title really stands out. And so we're going to read the scripture from James. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Let us pray. Lord, bless these words that come out of my mouth tonight. God, let them not hear me, but let them hear you. Lord, I pray that it it touches someone tonight, Lord. Lord, bless the scripture and the reading of this word, and we fail not to give you all the glory. In your name we pray, and everybody says, amen. Amen. As As you can see, I have a rocking chair on the table. Table, this is not a table. On the stage sit down and preach. Don't worry. The year was 1985. How many of you remember that year? Okay, good year. (laughs) The film was Back to the Future. In the film, Michael J. Fox plays the role of a guy named Marty McFly, who suddenly is thrown back into time 30 years earlier. Because he needs to know what the future holds for his family. And he feels to be compelled to make sure that things happen the way they're supposed to in this movie. His future mom and dad actually now go to high school with him. So he makes sure they go to prom together. And then eventually they fall in love with each other. The problem was when he went back 30 years, the woman he was supposed to marry, his father, instead fell in love with him. So I want to ask you a question tonight. If you could go back, not 30 years, I don't want to go back that far. But if you could go back in time and you were able to change something that that happened, or if you could go back and do something all over again and do it again differently, or you had some knowledge or something, or you knew something about the stock market, or what if you knew somebody somebody was in, in danger? 
If you could go back and you knew eventually somebody was going to be in danger, and you were there to help them from that happening, what would you do if you knew what was going to happen tomorrow? A lot of asking of the questions, I know. But I believe in, in this scripture, I believe there's two areas we are not supposed to live. One is in the past, and the other is in the future. Now you're saying, wait a minute, hold, hold, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, the future, I got I to gotta know what's going on. I got I to plan, I got to be ready, I got I to, gotta, hold on now, I'm going I'm to help you out with this. I believe the Bible says we have to learn to live in the now, in, in, the, in the today sense, the present. Many people are, are so obsessed, I believe, with the idea of trying to learn the future. What's going to happen? What's going to happen tomorrow, next year, five years, ten years? They look into, there's people that they look in, into crystal balls. Let me ask you something. Does anybody remember the, the toy? It, it's, a, it's a black little eight ball, and you just shake it up, and you ask it a question, you shake it up, and you look at it. Does anybody remember that? Okay. What about when, when you shook it up and it gave you the wrong answer? What'd you do? You shook it up again. No, that wasn't, that wasn't right. I'm going to shake it up again. <laughs> now, come on. And you finally got the answer you wanted. People are into, they're reading like, like tarot cards and horoscopes and, and they're into all kinds of these stuff. And, and let's not forget about this famous one right here. They're into this, this little cookie. They're into this cookie. Now, I might actually open a cookie and read you the fortune here in the, the pulpit. So people are into reading the fortune. Excuse me, Donna. I'm spilling crumbs on, on the carpet up here, Donna. Forgive me. I'm going to read it. An unexpected visitor will bring you great blessings. Oh, hold on. That sounds pretty good. I might hold on to that. <laughs> but people are into to reading their horoscopes and seeing what the, the, the stars align and all these, all these things. But the truth is, none of us know on earth what's going to happen in the future. Life is brief, and we, we must live each day. I believe to the fullest, but not too full. Don't, don't, get, don't get carried away with that now. And that's what's exactly what, what, that's what's going on here in, in the passage. Verse 14 states, life is a mere vapor. Honestly, it's kind of scary if you stop and think. Life is a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. We've all heard that saying, here today, gone, today, gone tomorrow. Now, in this passage, we, we find this story that deals with the future, and it tells us the story of someone who is making plans for the future. We all, we all make plans, and we, you know, we, we get ready for the future. But in this passage, they're going about it in the wrong way. And I'm going to give you three mistakes that I pulled out of this passage that they're going about it in the wrong way. So here we go. The first mistake that we make is that we leave God out of our planning completely. Now, you might be saying, that that's not me. Nope. Me and God, we're, we're, we're on the same page. We're all together. Basically, it's just saying people that go on with their lives day by day, and they don't, they don't, they don't bring God in their plans at all. 
Verse 13 says, remember that James is the one speaking here, and he's speaking directly to the people of Jerusalem. That was his audience. But he's also speaking to us today, tonight, in in this very moment. Now, in this passage, the man described, he is not really what you would call rebellious. He doesn't mean to be fighting against God. What he's doing, he's more more neutral, kind of in the middle. I think sometimes we get, we get away from that and we go about our own way and we don't include, we, we don't, we don't include God in our plans. Not to, not, to, not to be rebellious, but we, we do our own thing and we just kept pressing on. But in this passage, he, he's, he's talking to Jerusalem and he's, he's not including God in the passage. And in the, in the very first part, it says... Come now. And, but in today's, in today's language, what we would be saying is, come on now. You can do better than that. We've all told somebody that, honestly. We've sat there and said, come on, you, you can do better than that. I, I know you. You can do better than that. That's what James is saying in, in this passage. And I believe every single one of us, we need to stop sometimes and kind of examine ourselves and examine the path that we're on. We are saying, I'm not, I'm not only, I not only know what the future holds for me, but I also have complete control of the future. Verse 13, it says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. So this individual passage right here breaks it all down. They have literally, literally decided on a precise, a precise time, they said today or tomorrow, in the next two days, a particular place, such as a city, they say how long we will stay. All this planning they, they've done, we will spend a year there. They've planned their activity. They said we're going to carry on business, we're, we're going to buy and we're going to sell. They've even planned the outcome. They will make dollars and they will make money. Now, and then I got to look and I was like, wait a minute. You're not including God in any of that. You're, you're, you're doing all this stuff. You've got it all, all, you know, strictly just broke down everything. But you don't include God in any, any of them plans at all. So they've, accepted, they've selected all this stuff. But they don't include God in that. And you say, oh, well, that, well, that's, what's got to do with me? That, that was a long time ago. But do we do the same thing? Do we strategically, do we plan our, our vacations, our trips, or our grocery, all, all the way to the mall or the grocery store? Do we plan even the smallest thing? We, we get it down right to the precise thing. But do we stop and do we include God in that? Lord, should I be doing this? Should I be going here? Should I be, should I be doing all these things? Hear me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. They don't do that in the passage. That's the first, day, first mistake. The second mistake is they presume they know the future. By planning all this stuff, they presume they know the future. James is warning us of against a particular type of planning. It's the planning that acts as I'm my own boss. 
I determine where I'm going to be. I determine what I'm going to do and where I'm going to be, where I'm going to go, and what I'm going to do. And God really doesn't have anything to do with it. That's the type of planning James is talking about in, in this scripture. Verse 14 says, James says, you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. That's true. We don't, we don't know. We can plan and we can think and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a big weather person. I like to look ahead to the weather and everything. And I like to plan accordingly and everything. But we don't, we don't really know. It's all a, a guess, isn't it? It's just a guess. What tomorrow's going to be, just a guess. In America, we've discovered, we've developed a fascination with, with um, horoscopes and psychics and people reading your palm of the hands. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't let anybody touch and read my hand. That's just, that's, just, that's just gross. Especially with the flu and everything going around. You ain't, you ain't reading my hand. And so America is just, they're spending all this large sums of money on psychics and people that just think they know the future. Now, they, they, I don't know if they still do, but years ago they had a, a psychic hotline. You could, you could call a phone number and talk to somebody, and they could tell you what your future was going to be. And so I, I looked it up, and some psychics, they used to make $100 to $200 an hour just by reading, just by guessing. Tony, we're in the wrong business. That much money, we're in the wrong business. Just by guessing. And people would call up, and they would, they would tell, me, tell me something, a total stranger. But my thing is, wait a minute, if a psychic, if I, if I call you up and, and they ask my credit card, shouldn't you already know my credit card? If you already know all this stuff? Back, back to the scripture. The key word here is understanding the word now. No. In the Greek, it gives an idea of being absolutely certain about something. James is saying that you and I cannot be certain about what will happen tomorrow much less the future. And so we get in this state of mind, you know what happens? We start worrying. And worrying is like this rocking chair right here. I'm going to sit in it. And I'm going And I'm going to start worrying and I'm going to start thinking. But you know what? Worrying is like this rocking chair. I'm not really going anywhere. I'm staying in one place. I'm not really moving forward. And you know what? Tonight, I want to tell somebody, you need to get out of the rocking chair. You need to get out of the rocking chair. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about your past, how it's affecting you. You need to stop worrying about your future, how you're going to get something done, where you're going to be. Get out of the rocking chair. You're not going anywhere. You're staying in one spot and all you're doing is worrying. God says, I want you to focus on right now, right where you're at. Not the past, not where you've been, not the future. God says, I've already got your future. I've already got your future. You're sitting in that rocking chair, and you're not going anywhere. You're just, you're just going back and forth, back and forth. 
God says, focus right now on your present. Focus right where you're at. Focus on the now. There's three, there's three more things I want to I tell you. It prevents you from uh, a future focus is similar, and it prevents you from going anywhere. You're stuck. You're stuck in the rocking chair. Get out of the rocking chair. We fail to understand how com- complex life actually is. In the Proverbs, Solomon says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring. A sailor once took a, a group of people out, out on a boat, and they were, they were in this boat, and there was another sailor who thought he, he knew everything. So every time the other sailor would get up and give instructions, uh, the boastful sailor would, would interrupt him and say, oh, you need to do it this way, or you need to do it that way. So every time he got up and gave instructions. So finally the seas got kind of rough and everything. The boat started shaking. So the older sailor started passing out, passing out life jackets, life vests, and said, putting them on, getting, getting ready. And the other sailor said, wait a minute, wait a minute, where, where's my life jacket? I need a life jacket. And the older one says, don't worry, son. You don't need a life jacket. With his head as big as yours, as full of hot as yours, you'll just float along the water. The moral of the story is nobody likes a boastful person. Nobody likes a, a, a bragger, a boastful person. This passage also deals with how, how pride tends us to cause us to play God and the problems that, that go along with that. The people making plans without considering God, they think they're God and it makes, they, they think, they're, think they're God. James reminds us that they don't, need, they don't know what tomorrow may bring. In fact, tomorrow may never come at all. James reminds us that we can make all the plans we want some great, some lousy, but no guarantee of the future. Now, I'm not trying to scare you and say you, your future may never come. I'm just saying, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't be boastful, including, include God in your plans, in your future. Luke chapter 12, verse 18, the, uh, they, it tells, Jesus tells us the story of the rich man who was so wealthy that his barns were filled with overflowing. The rich man said to, him, said to himself, I will pull down my barns and build a greater one, and they will store all my crops and goods. But the Lord said, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you. In the parable, the man is actually, he's called a fool, not because he was planning for the future, but because he thought he could control the future. You see, we're not God. We, we, we can't control the future. The second thing is we fail to understand the uncertainty of life. We do. It's complex. And then we fail to understand the uncertainty of life. Uh, in, in, the story, in the story of James, the merchants not only assumed they will be alive tomorrow, they made the assumption that the length, the length of their lives is actually a guarantee. James reminds us that life is like a vapor, a cloud of smoke. Have you ever taken a hot shower or come in behind somebody taking a hot shower and the, the, the room is just, just fogged up, the windows are fogged up, 
and you step in there and you open the door and all of a sudden the, the fog or the, the steam is just gone. I got to thinking about that. That's the way life can be. A vapor, gone, quick. A mere vapor. With all the emphasis on God's word, we continue to believe that somehow we've got this all under control. We've all been in that place, that spot where you can say, I got this. It's all under control. The, Psalms, the, uh, the psalmist says in Psalms 90, 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain the heart of wisdom. And finally, the third thing is we fail to understand our purpose in life. If you've never read the book, The Purpose, The Purpose Driven Life, I encourage you to read it. In the very first chapter, it states, you were made by God and for God. Charles Schultz, the great Peanuts uh, writer, the character, he actually, I read a comic strip where he was, he was talking to Lucy. And Lucy said that life is like a, like a deck chair, uh, one of the folding chairs. And it says, Lucy said that some, place, some people place it to see where they're going. And some people place it to see where they're at. And some people place it to see where they've been. And Charlie Brown in the comic, he interrupted and said, I can't even get mine unfolded sometimes. Folks, can I tell you that's the, the way it is sometimes? That's the way life is. Sometimes li life is just a complete mess. You can't, you can't get it unfolded. You can't, you can't get it the way you want it to. But I believe this is it's how we look at life. Our perspective on life makes all the difference. How we look at it. We see young people, we see old people, we see everybody in, in, in between, and they, they don't look at life the way God intends it to be, with a good attitude. Life is a gift, never take it for granted. And finally, the third mistake that we make, we delay what should be done tomorrow, today until tomorrow. There's actually a word for that. It's called Procrastination, all right, all right, thank you. Here's how James words it. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Sin is not only doing something wrong, it is the failure to do something right. He's saying it right there in there, in the scripture. In respect, procrastination is actually a sin. Think about it. If God knows everything that, that has happened and everything that will occur, every time you take a step, he knows it. Everywhere you go, he knows it. So doesn't it make sense to, to include him in our plans? If he knows everything, should, it, it makes perfect sense just to include him in our plans. Can you imagine what your, your life would be like if you stopped and thought about your, your life and right where you're at? And the decisions that you're facing tonight, if I include God in my plans, just think how much different, how much, how much different my life could be just by including him in my life. Would you stand with me tonight? I'll be honest, I, I like, 
I like to watch the news. Actually, let, let me change that up. I like to watch the news for the, for the happy stories. Most of the time the news is 27 minutes of bad things and three minutes of, I guess, nice things, happy things. And I, I, I like to watch the happy things. Little Tommy has found his missing kitten or a soldier returns home from overseas. Rex, the dog, has been missing for six months and has found his way home. Little Susie has been healed. I like, I like those stories. They, they you know, make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I like when they give an update to a story also. In a good way. They break in like, let's give you an update. And so tonight I want to give you an update. When I sat down with this message I focused on the past. We had something happen to us in the past, and I focused so much on that past. And it led me, it led me to this, 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 this scripture in James. As many, uh, many of you know with, with Jefferson, um, he was born with, with the club foot and everything. I believe I showed this picture last time. And I got so hung up on the past. And then... I worried, I was like, God, what's this, what's this future gonna be like? I, I don't know, I'm so worried. I'm so worried, I don't know what's gonna happen in, in his future and anything like that. And some of you may be facing the same things. You may be dealing something with your past and you don't know what's gonna come out on your future on the other side. Basically, I was sitting in that rocket chair. I was just rocking, just rocking, rocking and worrying. But um, I, I like to give an update to the story. This was this morning. <laughs> this was this morning. And God's, God, God spoke to me in that moment. He said, I, I got you. I got your future. I got your family's future. He, he walks like a penguin, just overlooked that. But like I was saying, some of you may be facing something tonight. And then I pulled another scripture and I got to thinking, I said, God, that is, that is so good and that's so wonderful. And the, the scripture comes from Lamentations. It's a very familiar passage, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. And it said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every day morning. I love that. But wait, wait. We know that scripture. We know that verse. But I, I want to back you up. I want to back you up to the verse before that. Verse 21. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Four letters. H-O-P-E. I want you to remember something. Always remember, regardless of your situation, your past, your present, your future. Get out of that rocking chair because there is always hope. Always hope. The scripture says it. You have hope. I have hope. Your future is already there. It's already planned out for you. It's already ready for you. 
The word hope is found nearly 200 times in the Bible. I didn't count it, I Googled it. This right here, it's a book. It's a book of hope. It's a book of hope. His mercies, they never end. You see, we, we act as though God supplies some kind of, of mercy. We do this thing where it's, it's gonna run out. It's gonna dry up. His love's gonna run out. We act as though it's, if God's gonna lose his patience with us or something. I, I don't know if you do, but I'm lightway. I'm like, God, I've messed up again. You're gonna lose your patience. But the scripture says, his mercies never end. They're new every day, every morning. His grace is a gift. It cannot be earned. It cannot be lost whenever you have it. His mercies never end. Chad's going to sing a, a, a song for us tonight. If you need prayer, I'm going to be down here. If you just want to come pray at the altar, pray at your seat, whatever you got, and we'll, we'll, we'll close tonight. But I just want to encourage you. If you need to get out of that rocking chair tonight, do it. Don't miss your chance. Get out of that rocking chair. Don't sit there and just rock and worry about your past. Worry about your future. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Thou changest not thy compassion, they fail not as thou. peace has a step, the author, author says, come to the present moment and find peace and joy. Isn't that awesome? Come to the present moment and find peace and joy. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about your future. Lisa Whittle, an author, once wrote, don't rob the now because you're looking at the next. Don't rob the now, what you have going on right now because you're looking at the next, the future. She goes on to say, it's not looking at the future that's wrong. It's the pressure to being in the next moment, the stress of it, the feeling of non-achievement when the next is un unknown at this moment and it somehow doesn't seem to be good enough. 
Can I tell you, God says today, today, make your plans, but live in today. Focus on the now. Focus on the now. Lord, I thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, that somebody was willing to hear. Lord, that somebody needs to get out of the rocking chair. Stop worrying about the past. Stop worrying about the future. God, we know that the future is already set. Lord, it's in your hands, God. Lord, I challenge us to focus on the now. Focus to where we are. Focus just to live for you and not worry about the things that we can't control, God. We'll not fail to give you all the honor and glory. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast at The Hill. We pray that you were blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at The Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.